0: Despite Saturday Night Live's efforts to mock and shame the moms and dads speaking up at school board meetings, the parent revolution continues. Is this the equivalent of a parent Tea Party movement? And what impact will it have on politics and the Commonwealth? Welcome to Speak Up Virginia, equipping you to speak up on the life, family, and freedom issues that matter most to you. From the Family Foundation, I'm your host, Candy Cushman, and I'm joined today by our president, Victoria Cobb. Well, we always knew this fateful day might come, and now it has arrived. The dollar stores are no longer just a dollar. You discovered this, right,
1: Victoria? Yeah, I mean, this is kind of mind boggling. I mean, I knew prices were going up on everything, but I just didn't mentally put it together that all of a sudden my kids, who This is their big thing. They like to ride their bike to the dollar store and they take their, you know, their $1 bill or whatever and go buy a piece of candy. And now I have to explain to them why it's literally called Dollar Tree and so i have to explain to them why dollar tree now requires a dollar and a quarter
0: yeah that was so weird when i saw the sign you sent to us on social media it says one dollar
1: 25 under the dollar tree sign so are they going to rebrand i mean is a dollar 25 stored well it's interesting because there is a dollar store that that kept their title and made things multiples of one to five dollars oh. so dollar general you actually had purchase items that were not just a dollar. So there there have been stores that found a way to do it, All but right. I'm telling you it's just weird. Let's just not call things a dollar if we're no longer actually going <laughs> to have a dollar. It's especially for kids. They don't have yeah. a lot of money. Those stores are kind of precious to them. All right,
0: here's my random quirky news item for the day that I'm going to throw at you. Have you heard the rumors that Matthew McConaughey is maybe could run for governor for Texas.
1: <laughs> no, and I feel like I'm usually in the loop on, um, on who's ginning up for political office, but that is certainly interesting. I mean, you know, I, I have to say I, I kind of like a lot of his movies, but I'm not sure that makes you a good governor. Well, he's definitely got the likable laid back factor going. <laughs> a bunch of women talking about a Hollywood actor. Appeal to beca- suburban
0: women. Not
1: really sure on all the pro-family issues. Now, to be fair, Arnold did it. You have to think, this is, this is not unprecedented, and Ronald Reagan was... I don't know. He, it's just not like the Terminator.
0: All right, well, getting into our real political news this week, it's been several weeks now since this momentous election happened in Virginia. And still, people all across the nation are talking about what's happening in our state and analyzing how it happened. And one thing that has really struck me with all this is that this parent uprising that really in a lot of ways started in Virginia is still spreading across the nation, if anything, it's growing, it is not going away. So Victoria, my question for you is this, do you think with this parental rights movement that we are seeing, is this the next big Tea Party type of political movement, except it's a parent revolution?
1: Well, I'd like it to I'd like to think that this continues and it does become something where it's kind of a litmus test for elected officials. Do you have this interest group? And you are seeing articles. Parents are the new interest group. They're the new block. Um, and we've always heard suburban moms. Right. That's kind of suburban women has been a big thing. This is a little bit more rounded and, and I think broader than just suburban women. So I I do hope we see it that way because we could see great things come as a result policy wise if they continue to have a strong voice everywhere. Yeah, I think I saw
0: uh, Congressman Jim Banks out there saying we need to be the party of parents or something. I mean, do you think it has staying power to be something that can really push politics in a different direction.
1: Well, the fact that Congress is considering some kind of Bill of Rights for parents tells me that yeah. they're trying to react to what they saw in the election. So if it's small or it's not nationwide, I don't think you'd see Congress immediately trying to react to what they're seeing. And I hope our legislature, when it comes to town in January, I hope it does the same thing. It feels this weight to actually do things for parents. And we have a lot of ideas of things that they could do to improve um, the situation in schools and so forth. Excellent point.
0: Well, even though the election here in Virginia is over, the good news is we are still seeing these parent uprisings continue, and it really is just so heartening to watch. And just to give one recent example, we had parents speaking up after the election in Hanover, Virginia, for example, where they filled their school board uh, meeting room to capacity, and what they were doing was asking their board to reject This radical transgender issues policy that, as you will remember, is being pushed on all the schools It started. This whole push started under a more liberal administration, shall we say. And so there's still that pressure left over from that. And it isn't just parents speaking up now, though. Um, One of the most moving moments of that meeting was this extremely brave sixth grade girl named Faith. Who stood up and told her school board how opening up female bathrooms up to males would make her and her p- her friends feel more vulnerable? Let's just listen to that real quick. And over this past summer, my brother and I became friends with a few people who were transgender, so I have nothing against them. But I would feel very uncomfortable if transgender people, specifically boys, were
1: allowed in the bo- in the girls' locker and bathroom. And I know that I'm not alone on that.
0: Because I personally know teenage boys that would abuse those privileges just to have access to the bathrooms or the locker rooms.
1: Wow. Well, I'm just so glad to see students being willing to stand up. That's that much harder for a kid to stand up in in an intimidating situation and actually be honest about how this is going to play out in their school. And I think that has real impact. All along, I've hoped more kids would do that. But I'll tell you, it's hard for kids to be willing to be that bold. But boy, she, I mean, She's just being honest. She knows boys are going to take advantage of that. And I think we all, as adults, understand there are always going to be people, if you make bad policy, there's going to be people who abuse it. And I'm, I'm glad she's the one that pointed it out.
0: Well, if kids understand it, we should understand it. And I think the reason you're hearing from a sixth grade girl like that is because that is the reality of what they experience in real life when they go in, in their bathroom and don't feel like it's a private, safe place. Uh, But the good news is after multiple hours of that kind of testimony over a period of days, the board did vote down the most controversial components of this policy, including uh, allowing males, for example, to go into female locker rooms if they identify as transgender and that kind of thing. Um, So uh, that is definitely an, an example of parents not backing down. And we have another example in Fairfax. Now, Victoria, you and I have talked personally So some of these Fairfax moms who spoke up about sexually explicit books at their kids' schools. And I got to tell you, they have come under tremendous personal attack and even mockery for that sustained attack. But they are not backing down. And in fact, these parents are calling attention to something else. It's this extremely intrusive survey being given to their kids by the schools. Now, this survey covers everything from very personal questions about the kids' sexual activity, their gender identity, to family life. Uh, But before we get into that, I just want to ask you, Victoria, for context here. Is it safe for listeners to assume that this is limited to the Fairfax School District surveying kids
1: like this? Absolutely not. Unfortunately, we see there are national research groups dying for this information and pushing this down to school boards. And so, um, yes, we're seeing it in Fairfax, but I would be on guard for it in any school system because. Uh, bottom line is, there's a lot of researchers who think it's no big deal to ask your kids these kind of intrusive questions. And in fact, um, I'm mind blown by that because they don't realize the normalization of sexual activity that happens when you make it sound like people are engaged in sexual activity at your age. And they ask things like, how many partners? I mean, imagine a young child mm. thinking, oh, everybody else, this, I must be the weird one on this survey. Why can't we normalize innocence? I mean, why, yeah. why is that not a problem? Why, why aren't we doing things like that?
0: yeah one of our friends in the education world pointed out to us why not ask a question like uh, are you going to save sexual activity for marriage you know what's wrong with that you know that kind of question to normalize that kind of behavior we
1: aren't even putting the ideas in front of our kids in the school system that says hey look the safest smartest thing you can do is is keep restraints so that you actually avoid all the std issues all the everything that comes with these behaviors but but we're not we're not we're not even planning the ideas in their minds we just go well somebody does it so we're gonna assume everyone does and we're gonna you know pry into people's lives about it thanks for joining us for speak up virginia brought to you by the family
0: foundation if you're enjoying the show help us encourage others to speak up by giving us a five-star review and sharing it with friends thanks for listening well let's talk about what's actually in the survey Uh, that has these parents so upset but before i do that i do need to give our disclaimer which we are having to give way too often lately and that is if you do have younger ears nearby you might want to distract them a little bit or just turn down the volume because we are going to get into some sensitive topics with what's actually on this survey but this is necessary to cover because we need to get the word out here on what kids are being exposed to at public schools and how they are basically being desensitized through this stuff being thrown at them.
1: Yeah, desensitized is exactly the right word because this is the progression of questions. And I'll tell you, it it is this idea of normalizing exper- experimentation, really. And you gotta think about who these surveys are going to. These are going to kids as young as 13 years old in the eighth, 10th, and 12th grade. And basically, they, they show up in their schools in, in Fairfax. This is in November and December. Thank heavens at least parents know about it. I keep I keep reminding people we had to pass a law that says if you're going to survey our kids, you're going to tell parents and they can opt their kid out. But nevertheless, let's talk about what's in this survey. So they've got questions, for example, like how old were you when you had your first sexual intercourse, you know, when you did it the first time? Yeah, yeah, assuming. Assuming. Yeah. And we're talking eighth graders are going to get this question. Um, Have you ever had oral sex? I, you know, as a parent, I want to be the one to have those conversations about these things with my kids. I don't want these ideas planted. Um, and then because right, as a
0: kid, they're obviously going to start thinking about, oh, what is oral? Se-? It does uh, introduce I, it to it, them. it
1: introduces it if it has not already been introduced. And it makes it sound like this is a thing that people do. And it, it just again, it's planting that seed. And then, of course, it asks some people describe themselves as transgender with their, you know, with their sex at birth when it doesn't align with the way in which they think or feel about their gender, are you transgender? Well, I, I gotta tell you, uh-huh. I am learning, and I it is disturbing to me, but I am really learning. This is a trending thing in schools. This idea that you're not totally male or female, that you're something in the middle, or um, that you're not, I, I will tell you, it's actually unpopular. To say that you are straight in certain high schools, you almost have to. Everyone has to say, "Well, we're just non-binary. We're 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 not heterosexual. We're fluid." Almost to credentialize yourself that you're not that you don't look down on people who are that way it's unbelievable and these surveys just pour right into all that it's also manipulative you
0: have the government asking your kid are you transgender i mean that is a leading question
1: yeah because obviously um some of us believe there's male and female and that these are issues that should be addressed when people have confusion around that let's address that with care in a counseling scenario or with parents but why we act like it's just no big deal is is disturbing
0: Well, I'll also point out that kids in the 6th grade, even younger than 13, mind you, are also being surveyed with intrusive questions. Now, they left out some of the more sexually explicit ones, but these younger kids are also getting intrusive questions about family life. Like, There's one on whether they have been bullied, ridiculed, or teased,
1: I think is the wording, by a parent. Wow. Uh, Let me just tell you, in a house of kids, they throw around the word bullying in a way that means nothing close to what adults think of as bullying. I literally, like, older brother will pick on younger brother, and it'll be, he's bullying me. Well, you know, yeah, he just, you know, bugged you. But this is not bullying. Well, now we're pre- presenting this idea to kids that parents are bullying them? I mean, yeah. what is that? Again, where are the positive quote You know questions about parents do your parents love you make (laughs) you food every day dress you provide your care where are again we're planting these ideas that parents are the bad guy why would we do that and and teasing is a scary word i think because
0: you know you and you and matt tease (laughs) you're a very
1: sarcastic household we've had to tone that down (laughs) because we've discovered that kids then model what you've you know they do what you've modeled and sometimes kids don't really understand that these, these jokes don't always, they don't necessarily deliver sarcasm well. But that, I would not like my kids to answer the question, do we tease them? Because <laughs> yes, we absolutely do. But in a way that is done with love. It doesn't say yeah. hey, are your parents joke around with you. Right. It's, 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 it's implied that there's some ill intent there. Right, plants that seed again.
0: Well, the good news is under Virginia law, parents have the right to review these surveys and they
1: can even opt out of them, right? Yes, this is really important because I think parents don't always know these things, that they have the right to say, nope, you're not even going to ask my kid these questions. So we just want to make sure parents are aware of that and that they're on the lookout.
0: So as a parent, or if you have a parent in your life that you want to warn about this, they can they just go to their school proactively and ask what surveys are being
1: given for a oh, year? Would, what? I would definitely recommend that. And because we know just because of bureaucracy, sometimes things don't happen the way they're supposed to. And so information doesn't always get to the parent, even though by law, it's supposed to. So how do they opt out? They fill out a form or something? Um, it's done differently in different school districts. But yeah, I would proactive. If I have a parent, a child in public school, I would proactively go to the school and say, I want to know what's taught in family life education. I want to know what surveys are sent to my kids. I want to know what library books are in my school library. That's a whole other topic. But yes.
0: And we mentioned last week that we were going to be explaining the practical part of implementing pro-family policies now that we have a more friendly administration, an administration that's friendlier to these issues. So we are going to get into that in the next few weeks. So stay tuned for us covering how we're going to be protecting traditional marriage, parental authority, bringing back restoration of pro-life protections and that kind of thing. Well, it's that time again. Time for our Inconceivable Moments Award. This is where we're featuring examples of the absolute lunacy and craziness that happens when cultural leaders try to give guidance completely apart from biblical principles. And we're calling this the Liberals' Most Inconceivable Moments Award. Inconceivable! Well, a lot of you may have seen the headlines on this just really horrendous Saturday Night Live skit featuring a clown of all things talking about getting an abortion. It was a person dressed up as a clown. And yes, it was as awful as it sounds. Apparently, the whole idea was to make it clear that getting an abortion is something you can laugh about. It's not really a big deal. It's actually, you can just joke about the whole thing. And as disgusting as that was, what you may not know is that SNL also reached a new low bar mocking parents speaking up at school board meetings
1: yeah i i mean it has been traditionally fair game or sort of understood that celebrities and high profile people are considered kind of you know you can go at them on snl and they often do and that's what it is on late night comedy but it's a different thing entirely when you go after and you start mocking everyday parents private citizens actually and you know, believe it or not, for the past couple of months, the cast of SNL has been taking these shots at parents simply for speaking up at school boards. I mean, I when I think about it, these parents are already facing doxing and losing their jobs and maybe even investigations by the FBI now, as we've commented on before. But apparently that's not enough for SNL. Now they have to go and pile on with national television.
0: Yeah, adding ridicule. So let's just take a minute to listen into that spoof.
1: Hello, my name is Jane Nordling Smythe. I am concerned and I am also crazy. Let's begin. Hi,
0: I'm so mad I'm literally shaking right now. Forget COVID, the real threat is critical race theory being taught in our schools. My question is, what is it? And why am I mad about it? So what you heard there was SNL's spoof of parents speaking up across the nation at their local school board meetings. And I got to say, as if we needed any more proof that the Hollywood entertainment crowd thinks parents are complete
1: idiots and looks at them with total disdain, I think that's pretty much it. Well, the thing about this is they're making the parents look like idiots. People have to remember what actually happened here in Virginia. We had a governor forum when they were running for office where Governor McAuliffe, former governor, running again to be governor, supposed to know all the policy issues, and he can't actually explain what critical race theory is. So they're making parents look like idiots and kind of forgetting that the leaders are the ones that actually have no clue and they're swearing it's not in the schools, but they don't even know what it is. But the important thing is that parents actually got the last word, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, but SNL didn't stop there. Not long after that, they did another spoof aimed at parents. In fact, I think it's pretty obvious that this latest one was aimed at ridiculing and shaming our friend, Laura Murphy, who dared to speak out during the election season about her experience as a mom, where her son was given an extremely explicit reading assignment. We played that clip on this podcast of her sharing that story, how her son had night terrors after reading that book when he was in high school.
1: Yeah, she agreed to do that story as part of helping the Yunkin campaign since he was the one out there saying he was for parents' involvement. And the liberals tried everything to discredit her, even including saying that her son should have been able to handle it because he was old enough and it was an AP class and whatever. I just can't believe. But I guess it wasn't working, so they felt like they had to bring out the Hollywood big guns. Let's go ahead and listen to that clip here.
0: Helen, what are your feelings on education? When my son brought home the book Beloved, by Toni Morrison. I put down my copy of Fifty Shades and said no. So that clip goes on, and they're pretty merciless making the mom look homophobic and racist. And we know Laura
1: personally, so we can tell you she's none of those things. Yeah, you know, I, I have no problem with good, clean fun. I mean, we even try to have a little fun here, a little comedy here. And I don't mind roasting public figures. I think they're fair game. But like I said, when SNL attacks private citizens, parents who are just speaking up for the ki- their kids, I think that's when they've crossed the line.
0: Well, at the end of the day, I think what all this reveals is just really the continued tone deafness that we see on the radical left and how they kind of exist in their own echo chamber, because here you have a national parent movement like we talked about at the beginning, and they just aren't getting that. They just keep adding fuel to the fire by continuing to mock and disrespect parents, just keep the pile on going and adding fuel to the fire. So, that means we do need to give this week's award to the cast of Saturday Night Live for taking on what should be witty fun comedy and instead doing uncreative low brow tacks on everyday parents. Thanks for joining us for this week's Speak Up Virginia, brought to you by the Family Foundation. Visit us at familyfoundation.org. That's familyfoundation.org. See you next time. And don't forget, we are stronger when we speak together.